Welcome to the Locking Castle Church podcast. This Sunday morning teaching was given as part of the Spirit Led Summer series. You know me, my name is Jill. I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm a member here at Locking Castle Church. I want to thank you for this opportunity to speak to you this morning. I don't know about you, but enjoying this summer spirit-led series where members have been sharing what they believe the Holy Spirit is saying to the church here at Locking Castle at this time. But before I get into what God's been saying to me, I just want to share a little bit about myself. Um, I had the privilege of being brought up in a Christian family for which I am exceedingly grateful. Jesus has been so faithful to me through all the phases of my life. I grew up on a farm in the South Downs in Sussex, and I attended a very small Anglican church there for the first 18 years of my life. The church was small, but it had an amazing Sunday school led by my my godmother and her mother. I made a commitment to Jesus when I was 11 at a mission at my brother's church in Manchester. I can't really remember a time without God in my life. At 18, I moved to Bristol to do my degree in nursing at Bristol Poly. Fabulous times of growth and learning and developing my faith. After my training, I worked in Bristol and I met my amazing husband, Luke, um, through my best friend, Rachel, who was also a nurse. I lost my place now, sorry. Shortly after I met Luke, my dad died suddenly. It was a complete shock and such a loss of a wonderful father. But I was comforted by God and by the fact that I knew that he had been promoted to glory. He was a good father and a follower of Jesus. And in the 23 years that we overlapped, he demonstrated his unconditional love for me, which helped me to understand God's unconditional love. For that, I am really grateful. Our dear friend Rachel, who had introduced us, died a few years after that. What a privilege to know her, and what a comfort to know that she is with Jesus. Luke and I have been involved with kids' ministry all our married life. Such a privilege and a joy. And we stopped doing that in COVID, and we haven't felt God call us back to that. We believe that there are some new ways that God wants us to serve. But at Looking Castle here, we are so privileged to have lots of young people. I know a lot of them are away this week, but we we do have lots of young people and youth. And and I would, well, Luke and I would really encourage anyone who thinks that they might be called to serve in that way to speak to Kathy about it. She's not here this week, but I'm sure she'd be happy to speak to you over the coming weeks. Serving in kids and youth ministry is such a good place to learn your Bible and to learn to, think, to keep things simple and honest and to have lots of fun. And that kind of ties in with what Andy was saying about that day-by-day discipleship. It's great. And we bless and pray for those, all those who are parents, toddlers, carers, kids, youth, family, all of those within our church. Um, We just bless that and pray for them. Luke and I have three sons. They've all now finished uni. And God continues to be faithful in this new phase of our life. 
I'm still nursing, and for the last 10 years, I've worked for a charity supporting people living with a rare palliative neurological condition. I work in the amazing team, and although the condition itself is particularly challenging, it's a privilege to come alongside people with the condition and their families on their journey. Enough of my story. I guess I just wanted to explain a little of myself. And on reflection, I think that my personal experience of loss and working with people who are living with a terminal condition gives a certain urgency to my life, to live my life to the full. I want to walk every day close to Jesus. I want to hear his voice and I want to be aware of his presence. I don't want to miss any opportunity to share Jesus with those around me in my actions and in my words. So, what I really feel God has been talking to me about over the last few weeks is going deeper in prayer with him. And I just want to share a bit of that with you in the hope that I might encourage you to do the same. Now, I don't for one minute think I've got this sussed. In fact, the last six weeks, particularly while I've been preparing this talk, it has been a particular challenge to persevere in prayer. So, back to this passage of scripture. The first thing I want to say is, I've been challenged by lots of different things, but one of them was someone saying that they had been forgetting to take their Bible and their notepad to church. That was a bit tough, because I've been forgetting to take my Bible and my notepad to church. But I actually believe if we believe that the Bible speaks to us and that God speaks to, to us, that's what we need to do. We need our Bibles and we need our notepads for when God hears. So if you haven't got a Bible, there's some Bibles here. Maybe if we, I don't know, we might have the words back on the screen. It depends whether that's working or not. We've had trouble with that today, haven't we? Don't worry, don't worry. I think most of us know this passage of scripture to some extent, don't we? And you can go back and look at it again later. But that's just the first thing. If I believe that God talks to me, and I do, why have I not got my notepad and my Bible ready? He speaks to us through the scriptures. So that's just the first place to start. So... I've got my little prayer kit now. Somebody gave me a very nice bag. And in my bag is my Bible. This is a large print Bible because I have to admit my eyesight is not that good for a small print Bible anymore. Get over yourself. Get a large print if that's what you need. This is my notepad. This notepad had a few pages scribbled on at the beginning. Since I've been preparing this talk, we're zipping through this. 
all the time. God is talking, telling me things, sharing things. In fact, the challenge for me has been to put it into a big talk today. So get yourself a Bible you can read, a notepad, a pen. Put them together. That's your prayer kit. So back to the passage. This passage of scripture sits between fasting and giving. It's a part of the Sermon on the Mount, which is a collection of Jesus' teaching. Where better place to start? It's talking about having the right attitude to prayer, the right heart posture. So that makes it quite difficult when you've got to stand at the front and talk about prayer because you've got to have the right attitude and the right heart posture. As Jesus talks, when he says, he says, when you pray, he also says when you fast and when you give, so it sits amongst those things as well, which maybe we need to think about too, but I'm trying to narrow it down. See, when you pray, he expects us to pray. He assumes that we will communicate with him and take the time to do that. And in this short passage, if you have another look at it again later, Jesus talks here both about private prayer and corporate prayer. He talks about going to your room quietly when no one else knows about it and shutting the door but he also teaches a pattern of prayer which is corporate. The Lord's Prayer is our Father. Forgive us our sins. So there's two types of prayer there. Now they can overlap a bit, but there's two types of prayer there. There's that private, quiet time of God when we're really focused on listening to him. And there's times when we get together, when we sing and give God his worth in our worship. When we have eloquent people like Alison to lead us in our prayers of intercession. But there's also that time when we're called to quieten ourselves and to listen to him. I was given this by, by Luke's brother, in fact. It's the Lord's Prayer on a piece of olive wood, which I absolutely love. And I find myself sitting with this. You don't need to have a wooden block. <laughs> you can get one of these, I'm sure. But you could just print the Lord's Prayer off and you could just sit with it and see what God has to say to you there. So, I just want to ask you, as I've been asking myself over the last few weeks, how's that quiet prayer going? What does it look like? Is it happening? And if not, why is it not happening? Are you giving solitude and silence enough time to get past the list of requests that you have for God, to quieten yourself and to listen. 
Now, I'd like you to be completely honest and realistic before God as you think about this. If we truly want to know Jesus and to be like him, how is that going to happen without that quiet time with him? How can we possibly impact a hurting world and share the love of Jesus without coming from that place of quiet, of peace, and of joy that comes from solitude and silence before God. Now, you've many, you may have many reasons why your time alone with God isn't happening, or it isn't happening to the extent to which you would like it to. Perhaps you have a caring role, which means that you have really little time alone at all. And this means that you'll need to be creative and to grasp quiet opportunities as they arise or while the cared for sleep. It may be that you're distracted by many things in the world. I'm genuinely concerned about digital distraction and how this is robbing us of both relationships with people but also our relationship with God. If this is an issue for you, please take some time to decrease your screen time Please, sorry, please take some action to decrease your screen time. Get rid of your smartphone. Lock it away for the weekend. Practice Sabbath without screens. Get some help with an addiction, with your addiction to your phone. Whatever it takes, I urge you to take action. I would really recommend a book um, by John Mark Homer called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. We read it as a church a while back, and I've got some spare copies, and I've forgotten to bring them, so ask me next week, and I'll bring them. We read it as a church, so some of you will have a copy of it. If you've got a copy of it, reread it, share it with someone else. One thing that I did when I was considering how to increase my prayer time, my prayer quiet time with God, was to actually sit down and draw out my 24-hour clock. This is something that I use from, for work when I'm looking at people with how to manage their fatigue. So it's just a 24-hour clock, and actually you just kind of draw the segments in and see how you're spending your time and how you can reorganize things to for in, in this, that, that instance to look at your fatigue but for me this was a really helpful visual way of looking at how I spend my time and making me reflect on that and think how am I going to do this how am I going to incorporate that prayer time in my life how am I going to expand that prayer time so that's something you can do so that's a 24-hour one, but you can also do that over a week as well and look at how you spend your time. Just write down what you did that week and look at how you're prioritizing your time. Another reason why we may not have persevered with solitude and silence, and I include myself in that, is that sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes we make sure that we're very busy or we just allow busyness to happen to avoid thinking about difficult things but sometimes we need to go there with God we need to go where it doesn't feel comfortable because somehow in the pain God meets us there 
He wants to meet us there. He wants to meet us in our pain, in our distraction, in our sin, in our dis disappointments, and give us his peace and joy. We may be able to hide our deepest sorrows from others, but we can't hide them from God. As the passage says, he knows everything anyway, but he wants to meet us there, and he is patient, and he is kind. And as we do rest there in him, he reveals to us, as Simon said last week, that we are his beloved. Psalm 34, verse 17 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. The Hebrew word shema doesn't just mean hear. It means to, to listen, to hear, and to obey, to listen, to hear, and obey. It's a bit similar to perhaps when you're having a discussion with your child or your partner and you say, listen to me. It means a bit more than physically hearing the words. It means to listen, to hear, and to obey. In Matthew 17, at the Transfiguration, God says, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, and do not be afraid. When we listen to him, he says, do not be afraid. So I want to encourage you to think about, it's taken time to take time, as it were, but I want you to really think about how this quiet time could work for you. If this is completely new to you, I suggest you start with a Lectio app, it's a resource from 24-7. Does anyone know this? Lectio, yeah, some people know it and love it, I'm sure. I, the first time I listened to it, I didn't really click with it, but I've come back to it and I really, really love it. So it's an app you can download on your phone. I know I'm contradicting myself because I'm saying get rid of your phones, but on this occasion, you're allowed to listen to your phone. I don't know how else you can do it, but um, it's an app, you download it onto your phone, it's called Lectio 365 and it gives you 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening and I've really, really found that it's helped me in my prayer life. So that might be a good place to start. But you just ask God where to start because he loves you and he's got something special for you. And with that app, what you need to do is set your alarm 10 minutes earlier so that you can listen to it and make sure that you go to bed at a reasonable time so that you can stay awake to listen to it and be ready for the next morning. So perhaps 
some of us need to think a bit more about time that we've allotted to sleep. That's my nursing thing, but yeah. I spend a lot of time working with people to make sure that they're sleeping well. Sleep is really, really important. Some people, including me, find walking and enjoying God's creation really helps them to pray. This might be a way that you can incorporate more prayer into your life and to listen to God. But let me just encourage you, don't just go for a walk. Walk with God. Sometimes it's a place for people when they can get away from the noise and responsibilities of home and it just allows that quiet. But make the most of it. Don't just walk. Spend that time with Jesus. And of course, we can pray anywhere and anytime. We are called to pray without ceasing. But I want to say to you that focused times of listening prayer will enhance all those prayers through the day. We can turn potential frustrations like a supermarket queue or being stuck into traffic into opportunities for prayer. So praying as part of a community, prayer in a life group. As I've already said, I'm a member of a life group here and I really strongly believe in the value of being part of a small community within the larger community of the church and we meet regularly in the week. If you're not a member of a life group, I just wanna tell you a bit about what we do and let you know that there are lots of lovely life groups here that you can join at Locking Castle. The group Luke and I belong to came together in the last but one alpha course, and then Luke and I joined as well. We meet on a Wednesday for two hours, and that two hours goes really quickly. We start with prayer, we read last Sunday's Bible verses, we talk about the sermon, we talk about the different situations that the members have found themselves in that week, we share some highs and some lows, and then we bring all that together to God in prayer, thanking God for answered prayer, continuing to pray for ongoing situations. For example, in our life group, we've been praying for my youngest son to get a permanent job for over a year. And we were able to share with joy, just, just this week gone, how God has answered this prayer. So sometimes, we need that fellowship of other people to keep us going with prayer. We also have a, a life group chat on your phone, again. A life group chat, and the lovely Helen updates it after we've met on a Wednesday and just summarizes the things that we're praying for. In case anyone's missed the meeting, they can join us with the prayer as well. And to remind us what we're praying for. I don't know about you, but sometimes things go out of my head and I can just look back at that and start my prayers for, for my small group. It's just so crucial to living life through the week. So life group is not an intellectual Bible study, though for some of you it may be that, but rather it's the place where we prayerfully work out week by week how we live as followers of Jesus. It's a place where we support each other, encourage each other. It's a place where we can disagree, 
or not with the sermon and we can discuss it. It's a place where we can be vulnerable and share because life is tough at times. And it's a place where we are held accountable. How did you get on with increasing your prayer time? It's a place where you discover amazing followers of Jesus and have the grace to forgive their annoying habits and your own and gradually grow more like Jesus. Occasionally, there may be a reason why you change group because your work circumstances or other circumstances change, but generally, you stick with that group. You don't leave because otherwise, relationships are superficial and they don't get to the point where you make yourself vulnerable or where you're challenged. When someone in your life group says something annoying or rude, or something you don't agree with, you stick with it. You pray hard, you take it to God, and you work it through. Here at Locking Castle, we play a high importance on life groups. It's the structure that we use to get to know people, to be known, and to provide support. Life groups are mostly held in people's homes. So I want to encourage you, if you've never been part of a life group, Please pray about it. It could change your prayer life. It could change your walk with God. If you're part of a group, have a think about what you can do to make sure you attend regularly. Can you take a turn to provide or serve the refreshments? Can you offer your home as a venue? Can you speak up when someone says, who would like to open in prayer? Or who would like to read the verses? Or can you commit to praying for each member of your group every day? Other ways of praying corporately. Prayer triplet. I am exceedingly blessed to be married to Luke. So we're able to pray together as we share our lives, and that's really important. If you're married, I would really encourage you to pr make praying together a priority, to pray about everything as you go through life together. However, if that's not your circumstance, then, I do, then do pray that God would show you one or two other people who you can pray with and make a commitment to do that regularly. I'm part of a prayer duo. We were a triplet, but now we're a duo. And we just have a phone call once a week. It's a half an hour, and it's just before work. It's someone that I know really well, so we don't have to go into too much explanation. We just have an update, and then we pray. Sometimes we find we've run out of time to pray, and that's fine, because we know each other well, and we can carry on praying for each other through the week. But sometimes... We have to discipline ourselves and say, okay, stop, stop right now. We're going to pray. God, you've heard all our conversations. Please give us your perspective on this. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Prayer ministry. 
Angie's already mentioned this a bit about prayer ministry. The prayer team is another way to encourage prayer in Locking Castle Church. Being part of the prayer team is a really good way to grow in confidence to pray for others. It's available after the service. The team wear their lanyards, lanyards and effectively when they put their lanyards on, they're saying, I'm here and I'm available to pray for you. I don't have to rush off today. I haven't got other commitments. All of the team have an understanding of pe keeping people safe and an understanding of how to pray. And they're supported by the leadership team here. The team pray together before the service and after everyone has been prayed for. I really encourage you to use this service which is available to you. If you just want someone to come alongside you in prayer, if you want to acknowledge what God, that God is doing something new in your life, or if for any other reason you'd like prayer, you might have noticed something different at the back. From today, we're going to be doing that prayer ministry at the back. That's the bunting. That's that back corner where we're going to be praying. We want to give the young people space here, and the worshippers space here, so we're taking our prayer to the back so we can hear you better. Okay, I'm coming to land. Prayer room. The last thing I want to talk to you is a mixture of the solace, solace, solitude and silence and the corporate prayer. In order to prioritise prayer here at Locking Castle, we're transforming the old vestry into a prayer room. We're going to officially launch it on the 1st of September with a 24-hour uh, prayer session going from Friday into Saturday. And the sign-up will be launched this week, so keep an eye on the website and get your spot booked. This will be a particularly special time when we have an unbroken chain of prayer in the centre of our church. If you've never been involved with this before, please make it a priority this September. There is something very special about this, and God really does meet us in an amazing way as we commit to this. We will be preparing the prayer room with some prayer activities and ideas, but mostly it's a time to quietly sit in God's transformative presence. Do talk to Emily or to me if you'd like to know more about it. If you don't want to go on your own, you can sign up with other people. We'll do what we can to make it work for you because we believe this is so important. In conclusion then, there are many ways to pray. Prayer is about communicating with God in different ways. Talking, and importantly, listening, and about growing in relationship to God. I've shared some of the things that have helped me, but I'm sure you'll have lots of good ideas that you can share with others too. I believe that God is calling me to go deeper with prayer and to draw closer to him, particularly in the quiet, to hear, to listen, and to obey his voice. Brothers and sisters, is he calling you too? Thank you for listening.
find out more about Locking Castle Church, please visit our website at lockingcastlechurch.org.